We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's up packers fans and welcome back to another episode of the daily draft brought to you by badger state brewing in green bay wisconsin it is monday february 12th and that means it's mock draft monday baby we're going to do things a little bit differently uh, today we're, we're still going to go right through my four round mock and if you're new if you're new to to this uh to this channel to packer report to me um i'm your host ross uglum the publisher of pack report been doing mock draft monday for a long time what's that mean i do a personal mock why do we cut it off at four rounds well this year uh right now there's there's a little bit of question, right? Whether and, and this for some of you gets me like, who cares? And for some of you, it's a big deal, right? The 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 real draft um, nerds, the guys that get way deep in there, the, the comp pick thing is big. But right now, um, based on the size of Alan Lazard's contract with the Jets, the Packers were figured to get an extra pick at the end of round four. Now, uh, New York made him um, inactive for a couple of games. They you know didn't play him a ton, didn't throw it to him a ton. Sometimes he's benched. Like all that has led. Some folks to believe that there's a potential, right, that Alan Lazard is uh, going to net them a, a fifth round pick. And that's a full round later. I mean, uh, that's obvious, but, you know, those those picks come at the end of each round. So you do go all the way from the end of round four to the end of round five. It's it's significant. Now, in a normal year, if the Packers didn't have picks that they traded for, um, I, I might, you know, go to round five. And I have in the past. Why? Um, when, when most, you know, mocks or four round mocks or most people tell you that, you know, guys picked after round five. And, and by the way, this is true. I mean, this really is true. Uh, they, have, they have not much of a chance of even sticking rounds five, six, and seven, much less being contributors. But my goodness, man, the Green Bay Packers, you go back to Corey Lindsley, but even after him, Aaron Jones, um, TJ Slayton, Dontavion Wicks, like they find real football players in round five. So generally I would cut a mock off at round five. And I promise you, if we get clarification that, that Lazard's comp is going to come at round five, It'll expand, but right now, Green Bay has seven picks in the first four rounds. Why? How did that happen? Well, uh, they traded Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, and, and that happens to be their best uh, pick as it, as it pertains to when it is in the round. Um, they pick very early in the second round. They've got the 41st pick uh, in, the, in, in the overall. I believe that would be then the you know ninth pick of the, the second round, 32 plus 9 is 41. Um, 
They also have a third-round pick from trading Rasul Douglas to the Bills. People have differing opinions on that, but that is why they have a third-round pick. And ultimately, then they do potentially have their own four and the Alan Lazard four. So that is why we are doing a four-round mock. We will also um, utilize a national mock in this week. We've got a brand-new post-Super Bowl mock that's really interesting, and I kind of want to get into you know some of these ideas um, and, and sort of how the Packers view stuff or how maybe they don't view stuff because of how they kind of handle the 2022 draft. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a mock that I've seen that I'll feature in mock draft Monday on Packer report and, and something where um, I kind of want to break down the idea behind it. The other thing that we're going to do a little bit differently and that I'm going to start on mock draft Monday so that it isn't just, um, you know, two mocks and, and there we go is I want to get into something, whether it's feedback that I've been getting, whether it's a, a practice that the Packers have that I've studied that maybe you guys haven't. That's not to say, oh, Ross, you're so brilliant. It's like you guys are watching this because you want to learn or you're watching this because you want Packers information. I'm going to try to give a little bit of that to you. Uh, excuse me, a little bit of that to you. So today I, I want to talk about drafting for need against drafting for best player available. Now, um, the Packers have basically said we take the best player available at a position of need, or they'll just say we take the best player available. But if you go back in time, you you can see some needs. However, it's it's not like bulletproof. It's not constant. It's not what they do every single time, right? Um, and And I think... You know, you just have to go back to last year. You would have thought that Luke Musgrave at 42 overall would have checked the box for tight end. Not going to take, especially you got Tyler Davis, right? That you could re-sign Big Dog. You don't know. Um, this was, of course, before Tyler Davis's injury. Like people might have thought, okay, they took Luke Musgrave. They they haven't gone big on a tight end in a long, long time. No, bang, pick 78, top 80 pick on Tucker Craft. So they don't always, you know, do the BPA thing. Um, you know, they didn't really need a wide receiver when they drafted Jordy Nelson. He was their first pick of that draft because, um, you know, they traded down. They, they do stuff like this guys where they'll just, did they need a quarterback when they took Jordan love? I mean, that's, that's the, that's the biggest example, right? The Jordan love and the Aaron Rodgers picks were both not at positions of need. Um, I would argue the pick after the Jordan love pick AJ Dillon was not a position of need. So, if you're going to come at me in the mentions, and, and, and this is not just like my space to air grievances, but if you're going to come at me in the mentions, be like, oh, really? They're going to take a receiver at 41? They might. Okay. That's the player that's highest on their board. They might. Want me to explain it to you in, in another, you know, why? Well, uh, he could do something that one of their wide receivers doesn't currently do. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are, are now in year three, and, and maybe you don't want to extend one or both of them. I mean, if Watson keeps going with his hamstrings, if Dubs kind of reaches his ceiling. Maybe they want another crack at getting a, uh, you know, a little a player with a little bit of higher upside than. And, and look, I like Romeo just fine, but I think he's the third wide receiver on a good team or on a in a, in a good group. He's the third best guy now. Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, and Jaden Reed. He might already be the third best guy, so that's that's okay. But Green Bay might not want to do an extension for a player like that, and so drafting a guy when he's two years away from free agency is not that insane. Okay. Um, and, and the same thing goes for other positions like Green Bay has shown um, over and over again. I mean, shoot, the offseason, I think, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the offseason that they signed Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, they drafted Rashawn Gary. OK, and that's the other piece that we don't have to this. Right. Is we don't have free agency. So if, if the Packers go and sign, you know, Geno Stone or Xavier McKinney, and Jordan Fuller, shoot, this, they double dip in free agency. They get a box safety and a free safety. Well, 
Safety becomes, yeah, maybe grab one in the third round to groom instead of, holy cow, we got to get Newbin or Kinchins or Bullock or whatever. Um, same thing goes for cornerback guys. If they go out and get Kendall Fuller, and now you can talk me into, okay, well, Kendall Fuller's here. He could play the slot. He could play outside if he's needed. You got Jair Alexander, who's going to be, you know, kind of emboldened and 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 rid of Joe Barry and 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 you know, getting to do more of the things that he wants to do. So that's exciting. So you got Kendall Fuller, you got Jair Alexander. Now an an open competition between um Eric Stokes and Carrington Valentine isn't so scary. And you don't have to go get Cooper DeGene or you don't have to go get um Nate Wiggins or or one of the Alabama corner. Like you don't have to go do that. You could take just oh my gosh, this pass rusher fell into our lap or Hey, you know, we really like this Edger and Cooper kid and we have a round one on him and, and I'm not saying they should or, 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 or whatever, but, but that kind of stuff can happen. Right. Or, Hey, we love Jatavion Sanders. And because we were able to handle these needs that we have in free agency, we're going to take one of our picks and get a third tight end H back type because we envisioned this role for Josiah DeGuara and it didn't work out. But we think so much of this kid and so much of what he can do for our offense as the fifth receiver or the third tight end that we're going to do that at pick 41. We're going to blow all your minds. And guys, it shouldn't blow your mind that much. Go back and look in the history of, of, of you know things that the Packers have done that have surprised you in the draft and then to yell at somebody like me and, and whatever, like I can take it, but to, to be, oh, they don't, what, what do you mean? Why, why aren't any of the players that you're drafting at positions of need? First of all, we don't know what the positions of need are because free agency hasn't happened. Brian Gutekunst said they would be able to dabble in free agency if they if they see it fit. And I understand what the cap looks like, and it, it might look like 2025 is maybe the year to spend. But I promise you, they can do stuff if they want. And, and again, like the, not only have the Packers in years where they've just had the regular amount of picks, four picks in the first four rounds, done stuff that has freaked you out, done stuff that has surprised you, not only have they done that now they have an extra pick in round two an extra pick in round three and an extra pick in round four and you really think that brian gutekunst from the school of ted thompson which was from the school of ron wolf is going to go buy the book and just check off basic needs on the roster instead of acquiring talent i'm not buying it now i will certainly hedge towards players that fill needs that the packers have again we don't know them fully because we don't know if Bakhtiari is getting released. Maybe they release Preston Smith. I don't think they will because of the Enigbar injury, but crazier things have happened. Okay. We don't know what, what all those things necessarily are, but um, I will, will shade toward a, a position of need, but man, um, especially for one of those second rounders, if, if I like a guy, I might just fire on it because I've got the first round pick to use at a premium position and a position of need. And then I still have two, three more top 100 picks plus potentially two fourth rounders. I, I just want people to focus more on the talent side of it because it's what green Bay is going to do. And Hey, maybe they go through the draft and they just go by the numbers and take exactly the guys, the positions that you want and do all this. But I'd be surprised if there wasn't one or two things you go, Oh, that's interesting. Or that's fun. Or what the hell are they doing? Which by the way, all three reactions are, are very much things that we have thought both correctly and incorrectly. Um, after the Green Bay Packers have done some drafting. All right, let's dive into this pro football focus uh, mock, the post-Super Bowl mock that we were um, that I was talking about. I, I think this might happen, okay? And, and what, what I'm talking about this is, you see right here, 
quarterbacks one, two, three, I, I do actually think that's going to happen. Um, we're, we're kind of far away from it. I was early. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I was early on the Jaden Daniels train. I think he is going to be right up there. I don't know if this will be the exact order uh, of the quarterbacks. I would actually take May over Williams. Uh, it's just, just my personal opinion. I think the fact that he wears number 10 and went to North Carolina is going to make it really, really hard after Mitch Trubisky for Bears fans to buy in. I think Bears fans are pretty bought in to the idea of Caleb Williams. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if this was the actual order, but I, I really do think New England's going to take a quarterback at three. I would if I were them. Um, I, and I would roll with Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whichever it was, but I would I would put my franchise in the hands of Jaden Daniels. He was, you know, when I was not sold on Jordan Love, Jaden Daniels was a popular, popular person for me to post stuff. I think he's going to make it. And, and I think it's a very specific kind of offense, right? I mean, he's a super athlete, throws it deep. So you got to be careful there as, as far as who you pair him with as a coordinator. They, you can't just try and um, square peg, round hole the kid. But I'm, I think he's special, really. Truly, I do. Um, throws the best deep ball in the class. Caleb and Drake. Uh, throws the best deep ball in the cl- class, Caleb and Drake included. And is, the fa- I think, probably going to be the fastest quarterback in the class. Now, is that the be-all, end-all? No. But he's a special thrower and a special runner. And he's an accurate passer, and that's important at this level. The other thing I want to pay attention to now as we get to the Packers is, obviously, folks, Jordan Love's the guy. Okay, I've I've done the whole Jordan Love, I was wrong dance. I'm not going to do it forever, um, but but he's he's going to be the guy. They're going to re-up his deal. He's going to get more money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's the guy. And the reason I say that is they're not drafting a quarterback, right? They, they might, I mean... We didn't think they'd draft a quarterback when they took Sean Clifford. They might try to replace Clifford. I don't think it's happening in the first three rounds unless, you know, something absolutely bananas happens, something just super crazy. I don't think they're going to Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Jordan Love. Okay, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. So what you want then, especially in round one, is as many quarterbacks to go in front of Green Bay as possible. Because in theory, if twenty, if, if the Packers are picking, and this isn't going to happen, the Packers are picking twenty-five, and twenty quarterbacks go ahead of Green Bay, you're going to get the fifth best non-quarterback, or you're going to get even a better player. You know, in your opinion, than that, you want the players that Green Bay isn't going to take to go ahead of Green Bay, and and really, you could almost throw wide receivers in that bucket too. You know, if you're if you're really comfortable, and you should be, okay, with Watson, Dobbs. Uh, Wicks and Reed with Melton and Heath as the five, six, I'd be really comfortable with that. So if you want, <clears throat> excuse me, some of these other guys, whether it's Mitchell worthy, um, Walker, Troy Franklin, Walker from UNC, uh, Keon Coleman, right? You, you, you want some of those guys to jump the Packers at 25 because you, you'd take one if one fell to you, but man, let's go to realistic town. Let's say five quarterbacks go before the Packers pick. With all the J.J. McCarthy hype, that could happen, okay? So if Daniels and Caleb and Drake are going to go, and McCarthy is allegedly going to go in the top 12, that would be four. Bo Nix could be five. Michael Penix could be five. Spencer Rattler, I don't think is going to be, but he had a nice senior bowl. You never know who falls in love. If you get four wide receivers and five quarterbacks to go, that's nine of the 25 picks, nine of the 24 picks before you. Now, all of a sudden, you're bored. You're just hoping that your top 16 don't go. Anyway, um, so Daniels is three. 
Let's keep going. J.J. McCarthy right there. That's the fourth quarterback. That's okay. It ends up being four, which is fine. Cooper DeGene, love that. Um, PFF has them as their eighth uh, player overall. Um, I have him as about, about 12. Uh, I think he is Micah Hyde. If Micah Hyde was a much better athlete, and Micah Hyde has been an all-pro safety in this league. I think he would be one of the best five or six nickels in the league the day you started him there. Um, I think he could be a pro bowler and all-pro free safety. I think he could stick at corner, especially if you're going to play a lot of cover three. I think it would be fine. Um, that's a, people have asked me, you know, what kind of pick would, would you take your pants off for? That would be a no pants. We would not be wearing pants for the rest of the draft. Um, if Cooper DeGene were the pick at 25, if Cooper DeGene's a green Bay Packer and they don't have to trade up for him, that's a, that's a no pants situation. Okay. There goes my guy, Keon Coleman right there. Um, let's roll down to pick 41 Peyton Wilson. That's interesting. So, um, I'm going to quick then Edger and Cooper. So, my information, and, and and please understand that this is a whisper of a third hand of a blah, blah, blah. The only guy so far in this, and we're so early in the cycle, there's been no pro days, no combine, all that chatter. The only guy I've heard anything on in this entire class is that the Packers like Edger and Cooper. So I will say this about this draft. I love Peyton Wilson. Right now, he's linebacker one for me, and it's by this much over Edger and Cooper. From what I have heard, the Packers would take Edger and Cooper over Peyton Wilson. You can see Edger and Cooper goes at 50 to the Eagles. Green Bay takes Peyton Wilson at 41. Um, that's a non-premium position pick, but you just used the first-round pick on a premium position. And it, and it is a position of need, right, especially if you're going to play. Um, and, and, and I will say this about the linebacker stuff, guys. Jeff Halfley's maybe best defensive player in his time from a college standpoint, not necessarily a pro prospect, because I think they've had some other guys maybe get drafted earlier. I'd have to go back and look. From what I have heard, and you guys can even listen to my interview with the 24-7 sports publisher um, for Boston College on this very feed on Packaday Podcast, Jeff Halfley loves Isaiah McDuffie. Okay, Isaiah played for Jeff at Boston College, and Isaiah had a really, really nice season. I think Isaiah McDuffie is going to be a real part of this defense. Quay Walker is going to be a real part of this defense. Now, if you're going to release Devondre Campbell and replace him with Peyton Wilson, that's fine. I just don't know that they need like multiple linebacker bodies, certainly not in the top 100, because I do think Quay and McDuffie are going to be a part of what they do. And it's still, as Brian said, a 4-2-5 nickel league. So I don't know that they're going to find a way to pull McDuffie off the field by drafting a linebacker super high. And I certainly don't know that they're going to like make it a question of McDuffie's even going to be on the roster by drafting two top 100 linebackers. I don't see that happening. Once again, they take Peyton Wilson. I'm totally cool with it. He's he's linebacker one for me. I wouldn't pick a linebacker in the top 41. I I wouldn't. Okay, I'd be all over Tyler Newbin right there at at safety. Um, I'd I'd probably take Jatavion Sanders before I'd take Peyton Wilson. In fact, I know I would. Uh, you know, if you really like Lassiter, I'd probably take Zach Frazier who's my you know second-ranked center uh, before I would take Peyton Wilson, but I'm cool with that. Going back down, here gets super fun. The Packers pick right there, Jonathan Brooks, Texas. Um, I, I feel like we're getting closer to medical clearance for Jonathan Brooks, and he'll be RB1 for me, and he'll probably be five, six, seven spots in the overall rankings um, above Blake Corum because the one guy, the one guy in this class that I think is truly a feature number one back with no caveats. Can I use them on first down? Yes. 
Can I use him on third down? Yes. Can he do a little bit of everything and do it well? Can he be the guy? The only guy I really have for that is Jonathan Brooks. Now, there will be guys that end up being the guy out of this class probably. But as far as I don't have any question, you know, like Braylon Allen, I don't think I can use him on passing downs. Blake Corum, he's too small. Uh, Trey Benson, he has his own, you know, set of, of questions about him as far as frame and, and also some passing game stuff as well, specific, specifically pass protection. Okay, what, what, you know, who can be the guy like a B. John Robinson or like a Saquon Barkley? Now, Jonathan Brooks is not at that level for me. He's close, actually, kind of to, to B. John. I went to the same school, not that that matters from a scouting perspective, but like Jonathan Brooks to me is what kind of Eddie Lacy was when the Packers, not, not in style, but in like quality. The Packers spent the pick that they did on Eddie Lacy because he was going to be their feature back. Okay. Their number one guy. Like when the Vikings took Dalvin cook, same type of deal. I think Jonathan Brooks is the only back in that class where you just kind of go, Nope, you're the guy. You're, you're the guy. Brees Hall to the Jets. Brees, you're the guy. The only the guy that I think this class has is Jonathan Brooks. If he gets full medical clearance, which it sounds like we are moving towards. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, next tab. Okay, said we were going to do something a little different. I am going to make a trade. I know that's a weird place to pigeonhole myself into, but and it might not be with the first round pick, but that's the different thing. We, we weren't doing any trades. We were using the normal PFF mock sim last time. Here we're going to try to make a trade. And I'm going to kind of look at who wants to trade with me in, in ways that I think the Packers should, should, should potentially be thinking about trading. What's my overall philosophy on this class that, that leads me towards trading? I really, really like this class from about player 25 to about player 80. And then it's kind of a mess after not necessarily a mess, but like guys for sort of specific things. I would like the Packers to pick as many times as possible between pick 25 and pick 90 because they're no longer in the quote-unquote premium part of this draft. They're no longer 
in going to get a Dunze. They're not going to get neighbors. They're not going to get alt. They're not going to get Fashanu. They're probably not going to get my guy Latu, you know, and, and if a corner separates himself as truly cornerback one, they're probably not going to be in the mix for him either. So understanding that and understanding there's a really good chance that whoever they pick at 25 is going to be a guy they have a second round grade on anyway, or a guy that I have a second round grade on. I would like to see the Packers trade some of their later picks to move up and potentially trade one that, you know, their top pick to move back to just have as many shots between player 25 and player 90 um, as they could possibly have. That's my personal feeling about this class being as far into this class as I am. All right, let's start the draft here. Boy, that, that would be hard for me to pass up, but let's see if we can move down just a little bit. And the reason I say just a little bit is I've got Kool-Aid McKinstry and, and Ennis Rakestra, two guys that I have in the, the eight used to be the seven. It's the eight. And, and I know that the rest of the eight are available too, because PFF has kind of uh, forsaken my two safeties here, player 50 with Tyler Newbin and player 54 with Cameron Kitchens. But I would go after the corner earlier. It's, it's the harder position to find. I mean, that's, that's why those two safeties are, quote-unquote devalued um but with two of the corners that i like available let's see who wants to trade boy the giants the cowboys and the seahawks i don't think we'll be doing that um unless i could get 47 from the giants and they won't do it so i'm not i'm not doing that we're not doing that so uh we're just going to go ahead back here and we're just going to take in my opinion the best zone corner in this class and that is Kool-Aid McKinstry, and he's going to play the outside corner. He's going to um, match up against taller receivers, so you don't have to necessarily have Jair all the time. Um, he's 6'1", longer guy, and and you know he's going to match up against the you know for example, let's say the Packers were playing um, the the Bucks, and and now of course he might go somewhere in free agency, but you put Kool-Aid on Mike Evans, you put Jair on a guy like Chris Godwin. That's the point that I'm kind of trying to make. We are going to draft, though, Cooley McKinstry. All right, we got four offers here at pick uh, 41. Man, they just want me to move so far down in this class. 65 isn't even a isn't even a second round pick, man. Hmm. So here's what we're gonna do. This will make Packers fans super happy. This will make Packers fans super happy. Um, I'm going to call Tampa and I'm going to offer both of my third round picks for pick 58. Got a 48 percent. There's a coin flip here. We'll just kind of go down the line. And uh, the, the, the point here is as many cracks at the second round as possible. And I'll, I'll maybe be trying to add picks again later. But right now, I don't like what's happening with with who wants to trade with me. And I want to have a specific player in mind. I want to get into the second round again. And the Packers blow every third round pick anyway, right? Okay, this was declined. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna back out of this for right now. Um, as far as the actual pick, this one for me is is right probably between um Newbin, Kinchins, and Chris Jenkins. And I'm, I'm going to go with Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins is interesting, right? Because I've had conversations uh, on this and on other 
spaces where, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and on other spaces where I've said, you know, I really want um, a big guy, right? I, I want a big defensive lineman. And Chris Jenkins is listed at 6'3", 305, and might not be all of that. Here's what I'll say, though, about Chris Jenkins and Jerzon Newton. They would be the two exceptions to my rule. Chris Jenkins is, in my opinion, even at 299 pounds, 295 pounds, 300 pounds, 305 pounds, whatever he says he is, I don't care. He's the best run defender pound for pound in the country, and I think projects as such at the next level. So I'm not getting a non-run defender. That's my point, is I don't want sub-rushers. I don't want any more sub-rushers. Green Bay has Devontae Wyatt, who rushes but doesn't defend the run. Green Bay has uh, Colby Wooden, who's not big enough to consistently defend the run on the inside. Same thing with Carl Brooks, converted college edge from the MAC. Good player, awesome pass rusher, super excited about his future. Don't need him. When I say that I want the noses, your Tavondre sweats, your, your big guys, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want Chris Jenkins because Chris Jenkins can and does hold up against the run. I don't care that he's at his size because I think there's pass rush upside there, but I know he defends the run and I think he projects to defend the run. So that's why he's a top 30 player for me. I'm definitely looking at Graham Barton. Like he just reeks Green Bay Packer. I'm interesting, interested to see how he tests. Um, and then ultimately, definitely paying attention to um, Newbin and Kinchins. Because I think Kinchins can play single high safety, though, I'm going to go with him because that's something that right now the Packers don't have. And I think Halfley wants. He's a top 35 player for me. I know I'm, you know, going against some, some people I have higher on, on this board, on PFF's board. But for me, I'm going to go with Cameron Kitchens. Tough look here. Uh, we missed Tavondre Sweat by two picks. That is unfortunate. <laughs> that would have been the defensive guy that I would have really looked at um, and, and, and really, really like. Um, to play that that one tech, that bigger guy. This is easy, though. The Packers like Edger and Cooper. I like Edger and Cooper. Um, this is defense heavy. But I think the problem, the other guy that I would definitely look at here would be Kingsley Suamataya. The problem with that is that he's 6'6", 315, and he weighed way more than that, if I remember correctly, at the Senior Bowl. And I think he's a guard for the Packers, and I don't think that the the Packers are going to take a guard at that spot. Let me see if I can trade down just a little bit. Oh, I can. Okay, we'll be doing this. We'll be doing this. The Texans must like somebody. They want to come up two spots. So I'm good with this, and I am going to offer this trade. They're not going to give me that, but they're going to give me pick 123. Okay. So we're going to take this. Love that. Okay. They didn't take anybody I wanted. We're still going to take Edrin Cooper here, but I'm going to trade, as we said, we want those, those cracks at the top 100. So we're going to take now what we have, that pick 123, we're going to package that with the Lazard comp pick and see how highly into round 
three we can get. Here's kind of the top around three. They're not they're not into that. They're, they don't they don't like that one. That's okay. Let's call our friend Mr. Schneider with the Seahawks. <coughs> He's not into that either. That's okay. It's all right. Let's call our friend Mike McCarthy here with pick 87. No players, thank you. All right. So that's no one in the third round is really interested in what, what we're, no, no one's buying what we're selling right now. Uh, they've traded with Cleveland before. Let's go back to pick 86 and uh, we'll throw in. So these are all four of our, this is, this is all three of our fours now, us being the Green Bay Packers. We're going to offer this to Cleveland for pick 86. This is great podcasting, I'm sure. They don't want it. Now we're going to offer it to Mike. Mike loves it. We're back in. Okay. Now we're done trading. I promise. It's all over. Back to draft a player. As I mentioned, Edge Cooper. Packers love Edge Cooper. All righty. Let's take a quick look. Now we've got three picks in five, which is a cool spot to be in. Um, I'm very interested in Johnny Wilson. Probably going to end up taking Johnny Wilson. We haven't taken a running back yet either. All right. If we play this the right way, we could, we being the Green Bay Packers, could do a lot of good here. I'm going to skip the Johnny Wilson pick for right now. Because we're going to go, we're going to take Vaki to play the box safety role. We are going to take Jerry and Jones to play the slot corner role right here, and then either Johnny Wilson or Blake Corum. And if both of them are there, we're going to take Blake Corum. But we're going to take care of our nickel spot right here. And then Blake Corum. And we're done. All right, as, as enthralling as I'm sure as this was for our uh, audio listeners, here's what happened. Went and took Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, really tough draft for the offense. This is absolutely giving the keys to the car uh, to Jeff Halfley and telling Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love to figure it out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you get your outside corner in Kool-Aid McKinstry. He enters an immediate competition with um, Carrington Valentine and Eric Stokes. Cameron Kitchens plays free safety. Uh, the Packers, we then moved around a little bit in round two, moved back to take Edron Cooper. He probably starting at Mike uh, with uh, Sam, uh, McDuffie at Sam and then um, Quay at Will. Vaki is a player I really like. He's going to play box safety, going to make a lot of plays. Um, actually tried out a little bit at the senior bowl at running back, which was interesting. Then we've got our slot corner in Jerry and Jones and our Aaron Jones ultimate replacement in Blake Corum. So we still ended up taking six players. We could have taken seven, but we took them all in the top 90, which is where I think the strength of the draft is. All of these players are inside my top 90, and Kool-Aid is, is kind of above the group that I was talking about, and Kinchins is right there. So for me, personally, right, we took six guys in my top 90. That's that's a lot, and, and we're super, super happy with the way this thing turned out. Um, probably heavy on offense then in, in round five, six, and seven. Hopefully somebody on the offensive line, a late, you know, another Zach Tom, right? Um, Another David Bakhtari, another J.C. Treader, another, even another John Runyon Jr., as much as people wanted to run him out of town. Okay. 
I get that this is a super defensive heavy draft, but this is how the board kind of fell for me today. And, and again, this is so much talent, so much playmaking in that back end. And you just saw an unbelievable Chiefs secondary win the Super Bowl. Um, we get an outside corner in Kool-Aid. We get a free safety in Cam Kitchens. We get a box safety in Sione Vaki. We get a linebacker in Edge Cooper. We get a nickel, a real actual nickel to deploy against people in Florida State's Jerry and Jones. For the offense, you get one Blake Corum. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Steno. Sorry, Jordan. But today is the defense's day. Then we'll start we'll start drafting offense once the uh, defense goes from like 27th in the league to 12th. And Goody can get a little credit and uh, Halfley can get a little credit. All right. That is all that I have for today for you wonderful people. I know this was kind of a jumpy episode. It's probably going to be much better for the video people than it is for you guys listening. I hope we were somewhat cognizant of that. Um, but man, I really appreciate all you guys for sticking with us. This is a longer episode and the mock draft Monday ones might be a little bit longer. Uh, how can you help us out? Check out Packer Report. If you want to become a VIP, we would truly appreciate that. Um, there is an option to just try the first month for a dollar. You can kind of see what we're about. Mark Eckel has a really cool series going on right now where an NFL scout um, is, is sort of breaking down Green Bay's roster. And, and that's really cool because this is a real NFL employee and his real opinion of what Green Bay has at, at each different position. I'm doing VIP stuff. Andy's doing VIP stuff. When Dusty comes back from vacation, he'll be doing VIP stuff. Um, and then, like I said, the first month's a dollar. So come check us out. Uh, other than that, buy the, buy the Green Bay Draft Guide, powered by Packer Report. It's, uh, it's, it's an awesome guide. Um, we've really done a lot of research into like who the Packers actually want to take. So it's not just a ranking of players. It's, okay, does this guy really fit not only what Green Bay needs and what fans think Green Bay needs, but does this fit historically what they've done? And, and it's important to, to understand the history because Ron Wolf taught Ted Thompson, who taught Brian Gutekunst. This is a, a pattern. You can have your arguments with whether or not you think that pattern has worked. Um, I would say the last two drafts have been pretty spectacular, but it is a pattern. And we've been validated in these thoughts and these testing thresholds and kind of what we think they might do over and over again, especially with that draft guide. By the way, 10% off that draft guide if you want. Promo code DAILY, D-A-I-L-Y, is in the daily draft. Like, subscribe, do all the wonderful things you're supposed to do right here at the Pack a Day podcast. Have a wonderful Monday, folks, and go pack go.